Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 59 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. This episode is the first of several what I think are rather unique episodes that I'm trying to uh, put together and release over the next few weeks as I draw closer to the one-year anniversary of my podcast. And I'll be honest with you, if, had you told me when I started this last year that, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to actually get a year out of this, and you're going to do it for a year, well, I, I'm not sure I would have believed you. I have to tell you, as we get going here, I'm having a tremendous amount of fun engaging with people online sharing my views on the game, hearing from you about what you believe and what you think about the game and, and why you're supporters of the clubs you support, that sort of thing. I have truly enjoyed all of this interaction, and it, it's been great fun. And it That's not to say it hasn't been some work because, uh, you know, it's a hobby. This is something that I'm doing because I, I'm having fun with it, but it does take a considerable amount of time to to research and put together an episode and get it out there, get it published, that type of thing. And uh, I wouldn't change it, though, because I'm, I'm having an absolute blast doing this. I'm really enjoying learning from you and hoping that you're having a little bit of fun listening to me. And again, I'm not any kind of an expert or anything of that nature, but I'm still really enjoying the heck out of what I'm doing here, and I hope you'll continue tuning in and hope you'll consider sharing the show with your friends. Now, as I said, this this episode is the first of several that I'm doing that uh, that are different from what I've done before. I've done a lot of one-on-one interviews, uh, but this time I'm doing more one-on-one interviews, but I'm doing them in multiple increments. And it's been interesting. The last uh, few days, I've decided what I wanted to do is I wanted to try to get the reaction of team supporters, club supporters. Um, maybe they're involved in the media to an extent, or maybe they're they're just simply fans, and find out what they thought about their club's trade period. And I've been able to talk to a handful of uh, fans. I've done since Saturday. I'm now recording this on Wednesday, but between Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I believe I did nine interviews, and I'm going to be releasing three of those interviews in this episode, and these three had to go together because uh, these young men work together on a podcast of their own, which I'll talk about here in just a moment. Um, But as I was saying, my goal with this was to find out what, what players, I'm sorry, what not what players, what supporters thought about their club's trade period and where they think they're going to go in the draft and that sort of thing. And just a little bit of an outlook of what they thought 2021 is going to look like. And yeah, it's early. It's only November. But it, it's great to do some discussion and some hypothesizing about what could possibly happen. So like I said, I've done nine of these interviews so far. I'm hoping to do a whole bunch more. It's been interesting because I've uh, I've done some of these interviews where I'm 16 hours behind Melbourne time. So when I'm scheduling these interviews, it's it's happening at some rather unique opportunities. Uh, I had an interview that uh, finished up on Sunday night, Monday morning at 12.15, and I was in my classroom that next morning at 6 o'clock, and then I had an interview that following morning at 5.30 in the morning. Um, enjoyed the heck out of it. Absolutely had fun with it. So glad that I did it, but it's 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 been a bit of a challenge working around... Uh, everybody's schedule and and just the simple fact that we're on other sides of the planet you know that has to be accounted for as we as I'm trying to do this and and 
I can't thank the people who have been coming on here nearly enough for how accommodating they have been in terms of coming on and, uh, and sharing their views. So I wanted to go ahead and, and drop these first three interviews today uh, with this. And uh, these three are with the three hosts of the Where Do We Begin podcast, which you can find on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. I've got the link for both of those in the show notes. And I, uh, I talked with uh, Harper, Lockie, and Jackson, uh, the three hosts, to get their views on the Bombers, Cats, and Magpies. And I think you'll like the banner. We had a lot of fun. You know, these guys are significantly younger than I am. I don't even know if you combine their ages. If Well, it'd be pretty close. They, combined, they might be my age. Um, but we're going to hear from the Bomber supporter, uh, Harper Pestinger. We're going to hear from Magpie supporter, Jackson Georgie. And from Cat supporter, Lockie Gibbs, who I talked to yesterday. And they were kind enough to invite me a few weeks ago onto their grand final preview episode. And I, I, I kind of felt like maybe I had arrived and... It was interesting because I was on this podcast with two nationally known footy reporters, people who know this game, who study this game, who write about this game for a living. So I absolutely enjoyed the uh, the instances and the times that I've spoken with them. And uh, I hope you enjoy these chats as well. And we're going to hear from, first up, we're going to hear from Harper and then from Jackson, and then finally from Lockie. So sit back and enjoy. I think you'll you'll like the podcast, and uh, enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my, my next guest is a uh, podcast host himself, and I, I was able to be on his show. Um, he was not there for this episode, however. His, uh, his partners, uh, Harper and Lockie, were, were hosting that episode, but I'd like to welcome... Uh, Jackson Georgie to the podcast, and Jackson is a Magpies supporter, so we're going to talk about the Magpies uh, trade period, and uh, looking forward to what he's going to have to say, because a lot of people are talking about the Magpies, so Jackson, great to talk with you. Yeah, hey, how you going? I'm great, I'm great, it's uh, closing in on midnight here, but uh, you know, that's why they invented coffee. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're talking about the Magpies, and uh once the, the uh, trade period ended, what's the first thing that's going through your mind as a, as a Magpie supporter? Um, look, just in general, as a Collingwood supporter, um, you, you, you're always a bit pessimistic, um, but I always like to see the positive in it. Unfortunately, we lost some good pieces in Trelaw, and I don't think we... I think the way we went about the Trelaw trade wasn't great, and that probably didn't help us when it actually come, came to make the deal. I think we gave way too much to the doggies as well as Trelaw and didn't get enough back, but you know, they might have a plan in that sense. Um, the Steve-O deal, I was, I was shocked to see Artu uh, Bonasovalagi added to it because I feel he had a bit of a, he had a great start when he played these uh, few games this year. Bit of shock to, to see him um, put into it, but from what I've heard in the media um, and you can't always, um, you can't always, uh, the media isn't always reliable, but um, Steve, I just wasn't in, into it this year. And I think Collingwood just saw that and was like, I, I think we have better people in that uh, position. Do you think they had to add Atu to that deal to get, uh, to get North Melbourne to take Stevenson and his salary off their hands? 
Um, I would think so. R2 seems like a very bright, young, um, really big potential player. Um, and that probably would have helped sweeten the deal a bit and get Steve off the books. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the backing of the players, I think we have a good, um, uh, I don't know, uh, the way we're going to back up losing Trelaw and Steve-O, I think we, we do have the place for it. So I feel um, even Dugowie might go into the midfield to replace Trelaw. Sire's coming in. Um, and in the forward line, you've got Dugowie coming out of the goal square, which is what Steve-O wanted to do. But I think they want to go in the, in the Dugowie direction. Okay. Now, were you, were you, when the decision was made, were you, uh, were you understanding of it or were you a little, at your, were you kind of just like frustrated? Because, you know, we talked off air, you know, you, you said that, uh, well, you know, take a minute and just, you know, tell us how you became a, a Magpie supporter, if you don't mind. Yeah, so as a lot of people here with this game, your parents are a huge influence. Um, so obviously my dad was, his family were immigrants from Cyprus, so they moved over here. And I think my dad was born after that, so he was Australian citizen. And But his sister's just, one of her, one of his sister's best friends uh, supported Collingwood and then brought it onto my, my auntie and then my auntie put it onto my dad and then my dad put it onto me and that's uh, the rest is history. I've been a member of the club for now 13 years going into next year, which is um, really exciting. I, I love being part of, it, it makes you feel part of the club and I love going to the games, especially if we can go to them next year here in Melbourne. And, and um, let's hope that's the case. Let's hope you can get back. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think the way we're going, I think at this stage, um, they're hoping to have a crowd at the uh, Boxing Day cricket match at the MCG. So it okay. won't be huge. It'll be 25,000, which in that stadium is a quarter full. But um, hopefully by March, we'll have a bigger crowd. And luckily, hopefully I'll be able to go to a few Collingwood games. Well, let me ask you this question, because maybe you know the answer to this, because I haven't seen it. Um, are they going to return the grass from the GABA back to, back to the MCG? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they hardly even used it. It was, um, it was on the sideline. It wasn't even on the actual like ground. So okay. yeah, I don't remember I, them I, pointing. I, I don't remember them pointing out exactly where it was. Yeah. So it was, I remember, I remember seeing a photo of it. It was like right next to the interchange bench, like on okay. the outside of the, of the court of the okay. ground. So Obviously, they didn't use it. I don't think they'll be traveling it back. I think that the MCG will just get a, a new patch. Yeah, new piece of side. Um, yeah, we can just have a bit of the MCG always at the Gabba. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because I've I, I wondered this, and I, and a, I, I talk online with a, a gentleman who's been a, uh, a Pie supporter for a long time, and he's been, he's been rather frustrated that uh, – that somebody who tends to do a lot of talking about the other 17 clubs hasn't said a word about the Magpie situation. And you, you know, I'm talking about Eddie McGuire here. Of course. So that, yes. You know, that Eddie the has been, I, I've been joking online that, you know, should we start a GoFundMe page to get some lozenges for his laryngitis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Eddie is a character more than definitely. Um, I think in terms of just the way it was out in the media, I don't think, Collingwood I don't think Collingwood went great in terms of saying anything but in a sense of with the media it was out there and all the clubs were on the upper hand and they already knew we were wanting to get rid of the players so I don't think there could have been much said I feel with it so 
the Chalor deal came out straight after like the grand final. So we were always going to lose Chalor and everyone was like, okay, cool. We could play Collingwood for this. So um, I don't think we could have said anything that will give us the upper hand. So I don't, I just don't think they said anything um, in general. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if we will hear from him at all though, because it's uh yeah. It's, uh, unless he says something on footy confidential or yeah. footy classified, sorry. Um, right. But I, I, I hardly think we'll be any getting any um, goss out of, out of yeah. um, Eddie. So, you know, looking at, you know, uh, at the other clubs in the, uh, in the league, what what deal surprised you the most besides the maybe maybe it was one of the Collingwood deals, but besides the the Pies deals, which one surprised you the most? Well, in terms of Collingwood, the Steve O one did surprise me because that was so late in the piece. I think it came out like day three of trade that we were um, open to uh, getting rid of him. Um, in terms of I didn't really keep up with all the other ones. I think Carlton, as much as I hate to say it, I think they had a good, um, good trade period, bringing in Adam Saad and uh, Zach Williams. And obviously Geelong, you're always going to have a good, um, good trade period when you bring in uh, a Coleman medalist. Yeah, that, that doesn't hurt, but it's, uh, they, they gave up a lot to get him. I think it'll definitely be worth it. it it's a, um, I was speaking to a Geelong friend about this and oh. it's definitely a replacement to I am Hawkins. Too. That's <laughs> exactly. I know this, um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was just saying it's a, it's a great replacement for Hawkins. Who's been such a stalwart in the club. Um, I think it's just future proofing that forward line for you guys, which is really right, good for right. you. Um, I wish we could have done the same to be totally <laughs> honest, but well, um yeah. It's yeah. from from what I'm hearing, we're going to the draft earlier than not earlier than expected. I think we're trying to go to the draft without bottoming out, like an Adelaide or or a Carlton or a Gold Coast Suns. Mm-hmm. Which, um, you know, if that's their plan, that's their plan. Getting rid of some salary and then maybe going good and free agency next year. Um, the contracts that I heard that the three players that left Phillips. Steve-O and Trelaw were all on the back of 2018, which we had an amazing year, but those players really haven't backed it up since. Right, and they, so and they, were, and they were back-ended deals, if I'm not mistaken, so they were getting yeah, more expensive as the yeah, exactly. contract so went along. I think Trelaw was on 900000 next year, and that all came, and Phillips as well, I think he was on 500000 and Steve-O apparently 580 just on the back of 2018. So, um. I, I, those figures might be wrong, but um, very back-ended deals all off the back of 2018 and that those three players, maybe not Trelaw. I think Trelaw was just, he has a huge contract. Um, right, right. We need to get rid of him, but the other two definitely haven't backed it up since 2018. And that's why I'm not too pessimistic on losing them. I'm, I'm annoyed at what we got back, but I feel uh, with the media saying everything, we were just sort of, we couldn't, we didn't have the upper hand in any of those deals. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, because because they they gave up a lot to get a little bit back, basically basically to get salary cap relief in in many instances, and it's uh it's uh it reminds me of something, and I know you had said you're not much of an NFL fan, but uh, a few years ago, the I, I a Cleveland Browns fan, and they've been lousy for a long time. They made a trade um, for a, a quarterback from the team in Houston. And they, Houston wanted to get rid of this guy. He was very expensive. So Houston sent the player 
and a second-round draft pick to Cleveland, and Cleveland gave them a fourth-round draft pick. So basically they said, here, take this higher pick to take on this guy's contract. So it, 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 in a way, it reminded me of what, what Collingwood did this past week with the uh, Yeah, that's, with that's the trilogial right there. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly happy with what we gave up to get rid of Trelaw. Um, but in saying that, like I said before, I think we do have the pieces in the club to replace them. I think we've got Dacos coming on the wing to replace Phillips, who hasn't been particularly good since about halfway through 2019. Um, as much as I love Flip from that 2018 season where he he was amazing, that's where he earned that contract. Um, I think Dacos has got that wing under wraps next year. I think we're putting a lot of hope into um, Sire Wills if he gets another contract, if he's not delisted because he's out of contract this year. Um, and just all the young guys, maybe even putting Dugowie in the middle a bit more like he wants to. He wants to right, be the next right. Dusty, so he wants to go into the midfield. Um, and then, yeah, Dugowie playing out of the goal square as well. To, and that's where Steve I wanted to play. But if you've got a player like Dugowie, you, you sort of want to favour him. And especially if you're going to put so much money into him. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we, we kind of covered everything there. I'm, I'm thrilled to, you know, get your input on this. And like I said, I'm going to be talking to hopefully lots of folks. I've got, uh, I have a, uh, a, a Swans uh, supporter from Tasmania who's been sending me messages this evening <laughs> uh, that wants to come on as well, but he's not, he wasn't sure about the technology aspect of it. I said, well, you know, I'm I'm an old I'm an old person too, and he said, "Well, I'm older than you are, so we'll see if we can we'll see if we can nurse him through this." And because I'd love to hear his insight, because he said he's the he said he's the longest supporting Swans longest continuous Swan supporter in Tasmania from back yeah. when they were still in uh, they were still in South, South Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, Jackson, I appreciate you coming on. This was this was fun. Um, you know, I'm definitely gonna be keeping in touch with the you know the three of you guys because you guys put on a put out a quality podcast it's uh you have fun with it you do a great job and it's uh it's one you know if you're not listening to it you definitely should be listening to where do we begin check that out yep. you can find it on spotify i i don't uh, think spotify you're... apple podcasts i'm not sure about the other ones yeah you're, um, you're not on stitcher which is the one stitcher is the one that i use for all the true crime right, podcasts yep. that i listen to but i've got you bookmarked on my on my spotify account so i can check oh, it fantastic. out there but hey thanks a bunch and uh Tell Lockie and Harper that I said hello. Okay. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. My next guest is the second of the three hosts of the Where Do We Begin podcast, which you can find on Spotify. This is Harper Pessinger. And uh, I was able to meet with these, uh, these guys back before the, uh, the grand final and had a great talk with them. These are your three young, young men who are college age, high school age that are doing this pot, their podcast and they've done a fantastic job with it. And if you're a footy fan, you owe it to yourself to check out what they're doing. He's a huge bomber supporter and Harper, I appreciate you taking time out of your, your afternoon to come on and talk with me. I'm flattered by that intro, uh, Craig. Uh, great to be on. I've been wanting to come on for probably a few months now. So it's great to be with you. It, it, it's, it's great that we could work it out. This has been, this has been kind of a whirlwind of a weekend for me getting uh, schedules done and, I've been scratching them down on paper and realizing I have a, a calendar book in my briefcase that I could just as easily write things down in, but I haven't done it yet. So we're, we're here to talk about the, uh, the, trade, the trade deals and such and the trade period that went on for the Bombers. And uh, 
before we get into that, just real quickly, I wanted to, you know, just take a, a second and uh, tell people about your podcast that uh, that you guys have and how it began and that sort of thing. Tell us, where do you begin? Okay, I'll tell you where we do begin. Uh, so I think it was probably around early April. Uh, it was just at the start of the first lockdown here in Melbourne. Uh, oh, yeah, Melbourne listeners know we've had two separate lockdowns and the second wave. But uh, I was thinking, uh, what am I going to do with all my spare time in this lockdown? So I had an idea. Uh, I'll do a podcast, uh, do a free podcast or just a sports podcast in general. Really, We have people from all different sports. And uh, I said, oh, Jackson, uh, do you want to, you had Jackson on earlier. Jackson, do you want to get involved with this podcast? Uh, and he, he was super keen for it. And um, yeah, so we just interview all kinds of Australian uh, sports personalities. They might be uh, commentators or journalists or fans like you. We had on our grand final preview uh, and players, of course, as well. Uh, people from all different sports. And now we've recently got Lockie on board as well. Uh, Lockie and I, uh, this is a bit of an exclusive, but Lockie and I haven't actually met in person before because he came on for a finals preview as a Cats fan. And then uh, I invited him on to be a co-host. So, uh, Lockie, I'm looking forward to actually meeting Lockie in person, doing some in-studio recordings. But, yeah, that's a, uh, went on for a bit there, but that's a summary of our podcast, I guess. No, so, check it out, guys. That's, yeah, absolutely. And you can find it on uh, you can find it on Spotify. Now, where in Australia do you have it uh, listed? Uh, well, we're based in Melbourne. And, no, I meant, uh, like, so where, where online could they find it? Where could they find your we've podcast? We've got it. Uh, on all the podcast apps, okay. pretty much. Uh, if there's one that uh, we're not on, uh, give us a, a shoot, shoot us a message on the social medias, and uh, we'll try to get it on that app. But we've got it on the major podcast apps, yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you right now, it's not on Stitcher. It's not on Stitcher, okay? No, which, which is which is, which is the one that I use most of the time. So, but I have <laughs> I have it on Spotify. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good. Okay, I'll get it on Stitcher. There, so okay. Write that okay. Now, I've kind of been asking some similar questions to people uh, about their club and the, the trade uh, period and such, but what are the first words that come to mind to you after, now that the trade, the trade period is gone and the moves have been made, what, what's kind of your gut reaction? What are you, what are you thinking? Oh, my gut reaction is uh, it's kind of uh, a little bit of sadness, uh, but with the – uh, the Saad and Fantasia and Danaher were all going. That was kind of inevitable. But those three players were some of my favourite uh, players uh, in my Essendon supporting life, really, because they all always added a bit of excitement. And Essendon's been pretty uh, bad for my whole life. And they were around for one of the most exciting periods to be an Essendon fan. So it's a bit sad that they're going. But it was inevitable. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, expected but sad. Uh, that would be my gut reaction, really. Yeah, they made they made I think more moves than any other club during this trade period. I mean, I'm looking at the just the list here on my other screen, and I see a list of basically seven moves that they made. You know, bringing in uh, bringing in Sean McKernan, bringing in Peter Wright. Uh, they brought in Jai Caldwell. They brought in uh, Nick Hind, who was you know a name that a lot of people didn't realize he was going to be getting moved. He was kind of like the oh really he's he's here now. Yeah, yeah, list. he used to play for our VFL team actually, and then he went okay. to St Kilda. And oh, and also just to correct you, Sean McKernan's left the club. Uh, oh. He was 
That's why uh, he, he was, did leave. I'm sorry, I had that backwards. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, um, he was delisted and he got picked up by St Kilda. But yeah, I'm just a bit disappointed a lot, Sean. So yeah, it's a bit sad. So you're you're heading into the uh, your club's heading into the draft. Not do you consider them to be in a rebuilding mode right now? Well, uh, I wouldn't say it's a complete rebuild uh, because like we could surprise everyone and. Uh, make finals this year and I wouldn't be super surprised if we finished maybe top like sixth or something because just some unexpected thing uh, but I, I wouldn't consider us to be in a full rebuild I, I'll just say we're clearing out some of the players that don't want to be there which is uh, a reasonable thing to do if you don't want players that don't want to be at your club so yeah okay because you know you know Danaher had been injured for the better part of the last couple of seasons. And he came back and played a few games at the end, which I think, you know, that really helped Essendon because they, I think they secured, didn't they secure the number six pick for him? Uh, one of those top, those top seven, three picks. Yeah. We, well, we have six, seven, and eight. I think right, right. Compensation, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, by getting him out there for those few games, I think that helped to solidify them getting that high pick back for him when he headed up to the Lions. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and you know, if I'm not mistaken, Fantasia did not play much this year either. Oh yeah, I, I don't know how many games Fantasia played, but it would have been, oh, I'd say, probably five or six, maybe even less. Yeah. But yeah, so you you know, you, re, you really lost. You know, your your big loss was uh, was Saad who who left. You know, that was a great defender. You know, so mm. that's that's definitely a hole that you have to fill there. So you know, when you're saying that you you might surprise people. You know, you may very well do that because you've got, you know, you've got three of the top eight picks in the draft coming up here. Yeah. And are, do you guys have any, like, father-son players who are coming in this year that they're going to have to, like, go up and bid to get them, which I still have to figure out how all of that works. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a complex system. I don't think we've got uh, – I might be wrong here. I'm not an expert on the draft. But I don't think we've got any father-son people picks uh, that we can bid on but uh yeah just on side quickly uh, i'm very sad be, sad about him going because he he was consistently one of our best players week in week out and he was very fun electric player to watch when he was running off halfback and he's actually from around the same area of, of melbourne as me so uh it's a bit close to home that one it's a bit sad to think about but yeah and you know and when you know when he's when he's headed out, it's you know it's it's interesting. You know, with so many clubs that are actually in Melbourne, you know it's he's moved to another club, but but he hasn't left town. I mean that's yeah. that's I mean that's you know just a quick sidebar. That's going to be awkward when uh, Adam Trelaw runs into his old mates from Collingwood out at dinner sometime. Yeah, yeah. and no, he's not just moving to any club. He's moving to one of our biggest rivals as well. And right, right, be. Uh, viciously booed when Essendon played Carlton. If fans are back in the stadium because Essendon and Carlton hate each other. And yeah, uh, if you move from Essendon to Carlton, Essendon to Collingwood, Essendon to to Richmond, you'll get, uh, yeah, you'll cop it, to put it simply. And, and, you know, it's, uh, then he'll have earned that then in that case. So, yeah. yeah. Risky move to make if he wants to kind of stay away from any, uh, big amounts of abuse, but fair enough if you want to go to a club like so, Carlton. 
So what do you, what do you, what, yeah, you may not know the players because you're not, as you said, you, you're not an expert on the draft. I'm certainly not an expert on the draft. But what, what positions do you think the club needs to be targeting or looking at in the draft coming up next month? Well, uh, I think uh, we'll probably need a kind of, oh, I'm not sure if there are any of these good players available in the draft, but I'd like, uh, all this in fans say this, a big bodied midfielder, like a, uh, maybe a 190 centimetre, uh, what's that, like 6'4", something like that, 6'4", uh, uh, midfielder, a real bull who can uh, kind of burst out of packs and has got real strength in the midfield because uh, lots of our midfields at the moment are really small guys, uh, quick, skillful, but uh, haven't got too much physical strength about them. So that is top of my wish list, I'd say. Okay. Okay. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm looking at the list right now here that they have, and you're right, you've got uh... – They've got two. They've got two players, uh, Cutler and uh, Hibbard, who are over 190 centimeters. So you've got. You're right. There's only two that are of that size, and they're not even uh, like fully embedded right. into the best 22 yet. They're they're yeah. definitely not uh, core players. And they uh, Cutler usually plays on the wing as well. He doesn't even play inside mid, and Hibbard uh, probably played like three games. So. Yeah, yeah. They've got him not having played very many in his career. Yep. So, yeah. is there uh, is there anybody that was delisted by by another club who you think could come in and and help the Bombers? Is there anybody who was out there? You're going. I hope we pick him up. Oh, uh, to be honest, I uh, I'm relatively happy. Well, not happy, but I I'm not. I wouldn't complain if we kept the same uh, older players that we have and just go to the draft and take uh, what's at the draft and don't pick up, pick up any players that have been delisted, but I'm happy to be proved wrong and uh, we pick up some uh, diamond in the rough that's been delisted by another club. Uh, I couldn't name it to a particular player, okay. but uh, a big body midfielder, if there are any out there, he would be much appreciated. That would be, that would be fantastic, yeah. That would, that would be wonderful if that was to happen. And, and again, you guys have six, seven, and eight, and then not until pick 44, which I believe is in the third round, if I'm not mistaken, towards the end of the third round. Uh, uh, yeah, mid-third mid, round. Mid-third, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you've got three later picks. And if I'm not mistaken, sometimes those picks don't even always get taken, depending yeah, on got, how many spots there are on the list that are available. We've got 67, 74, 85, and 87. And oh, I'd be surprised if we used more than one of them, uh, to be honest, uh, because – We've got four uh, picks that are all above pick 45. And right, right. I wouldn't be that surprised uh, if we just took those four or five players in the draft and no more. And, I, and, you know, that's it's great having those players in those, in those high spots or those spots to pick, pick what could be, you know, club-changing players. You know, somebody who comes in at, you know, pick six, seven, and eight, is somebody who should be able to step in and, and help your club fairly early on. Yeah. And, and hopefully, hopefully everything will be back to allow, you know, the VFL to be played next year and allow, you know, the, the lower comps to allow these, these players to develop. Cause last year you have to applaud the, the, the league for getting the season in, but there were a lot of, you know, a lot of things that, you know, left some of the players that are lower on the list struggling to find a spot for this year. A hundred percent. And I'd hope that uh, pick six, seven, and eight 
I hope that they will probably play about 45 games between them uh, next season. Maybe uh, a couple of them play uh, 20 each and then maybe another one plays five or something if he's not fully right to go at the start of the season. But those are my hopes for the, those picks next year. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, I'm going through about uh, you know, a handful of questions with everybody coming on and I, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're pleased with the way things have gone and I, you know, you're, you're excited. You're definitely a glass half full person as far as the club, yeah. you know, because a lot of people uh, are thinking that they may not, may not be there in the finals next year, but you know, looking at the list, they really lost one major contributor from the squad last year. Yeah. I'm not saying we're definitely going to make finals. Like if any of your listeners are saying, Oh, this guy's delusional. He thinks there's some leadership <laughs> or anything. I'm not saying that guys, uh, I honestly think we'll probably finish around 10th, but I wouldn't be surprised if we finish in the lower half of uh, the top eight because, uh, yeah, we could just surprise people because uh, I think we do have a squad, uh, a team with good potential. Okay. Well, Harper, man, I appreciate you coming on. I wish you the best of luck with your exams coming up uh, in the next few days. Let's, you know, make sure you... I don't know how the grading system works there. What's the, what's the <laughs> highest grade? Is, is an A an A there? Is that, like, is that your highest grade? Oh, it's a bit of a complex uh, <coughs> to explain. Lots, lots of people in year 12 don't even know how it works, but uh, we use an ATAR down here, and it's just a rank for all the students in the, year 12 students in Australia, and you can get a 99.95 ATAR, and that's the maximum you can get. And uh, if you do badly you might get a 35 or whatever so you've all got uh, your special ATAS uh, scores uh, individually okay that's you know I, I've, I've been teaching now for this is my 27th year teaching so that's that it's interesting to learn how that works somewhere else yeah. you know and how that whole system it'd be great to, um, to learn a little bit more about that can I just add one thing uh, before sure. I go absolutely uh, Yeah, uh, I'd just like to add, uh, lots of people are a bit disappointed we didn't get Josh, Josh Dunkley, but uh, I, I definitely would have uh, preferred uh, not uh, spending two top 10 picks on Josh Dunkley because I just don't think uh, he is a player that's worth that much, to be honest. And I, I think we could, if our uh, Ben Rutten is good enough at coaching, I think he could get... Uh, decent performance decent performances out of the team this season with what we've got now that wasn't a shot at me because i'm a cats fan and we just spent three first rounders on bringing in jeremy cameron was it well uh jeremy, <laughs> jeremy cameron, I think he will do very well for the cats actually he's uh well suited to that team i think i'm not an expert but I, I reckon he could kick 60 plus next season for the cats oh that that would be that would be wonderful that would be absolutely <laughs> wonderful well hey Harper, I appreciate you coming on, man. I hope your hay fever gets better. You know, it's that—that that is a sign of the warm, the weather getting warmer. Okay, yeah, it, is. it was. Yeah, it's a pleasure coming on, mate. Uh, yeah, lovely to talk about the bombers, as and lovely to talk to you about footy in general. Yeah, you you go ahead and enjoy that warm weather. We we're at about uh, two degrees Celsius with about fifty mile an hour winds all day today. Wow, so wow. It's been, the wind has been howling here today. So.
I would take I would take the hay fever over the howling winds. So again, <laughs> ladies and gents, that was uh, that was Harper Pessinger from the uh, Where Do We Begin podcast, and he's a huge Bombers fan. Again, tune into their their podcast, guys. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, they've got a ton of energy. They they love what they're doing, and they do a pretty darn good job at it. So I strongly encourage you checking it out. Okay. So Harper, thanks a bunch. I appreciate it. Uh, pleasure talking to you, Craig. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is somebody that I've had a chance to talk with before on his podcast, and I'm glad to be welcoming him here. He is the third member of the soon-to-be-very-famous Where Do We Begin podcast. He is Lockie Gibbs, and Lockie is a cat supporter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you are a cat supporter, right? I thought so. That's, yeah. why, that's why you're here. So we're here to talk about the cat's uh, trade period and see what... Uh, what Lockie thinks about that. Thanks for coming on, Lockie. Oh, mate, it's an absolute pleasure. That was an awesome intro for me. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling really good. I, I feel a little bit like it's a home game at GMHBA at the moment, being on with the fellow Catsman and yourself, Craig. So I'm super <laughs> pumped to talk about our mighty cutters and hopefully discussing that we'll, how we'll go one better in 2021. Oh, let, let's hope so. Yeah, I, uh, I spoke to somebody from Port Adelaide recently as well, and they're hoping the same thing. Uh, they're hoping to get past Richmond as well. Uh, so when the trade period ended, what, were, what was going through your mind? What was your initial reaction? What did you think after everything had wrapped up and you saw who the Cats had added and what they gave up to get what they, had, they got? Yeah, it was a pretty frantic that, uh, that last afternoon with the Jeremy Cameron deal um, being one of the final ones done just before 7.30, I think. And I was actually at cricket training at the time. So, you know, I was sort of like making excuses to go to my cricket bag to get my phone out and <laughs> look, at a few, look at a few updates of the, uh, the trades I've gone through. And I think overall, um, I actually think it was a good deal. I feel a lot of people are just looking at the fact that we obviously gave up three first round draft picks with Jeremy Cameron, but we also got two future picks back from the, with the Essendon second round pick and the GWS second round pick so that gives us potentially next year three top 30 picks along with our own first round pick in a very strong 2021 draft and the fact that we got Jeremy Cameron the 2019 Coleman medalist um, I think it's a pretty pretty phenomenal uh, trade period and I think an awesome part of that is that we didn't actually give up too many players yes our first pick is only pick 51 in the uh, upcoming draft but then we didn't give up at the Jordan Clarks of the world as an example the Brandon Parfitts the Samson exactly. so I feel exactly. like that's a really positive however however we did lose a, a few friends a few fringe players along the way and I want to talk, ask you about this man Nakai Cockatoo what are your thoughts on that Craig I am I'm, I'm a massive Nakai man myself I I you know I I'm a little um I'm sad about it but I'm I'm happy for him you know, because if he's healthy, this is going to be an opportunity for him to shine. And in Brisbane, I, I, I did, put, I didn't realize he was on Instagram. And then somebody, somebody here in the states sent me a link to his goodbye note on Instagram, and I, I put a response on there. You know, basically saying that he's the reason I became a cat supporter. He's the one that kind of pushed me over to become a cat supporter. And I, and I wished him luck. And he actually gave it a thumbs up or whatever you do on Instagram, gave it a like or whatever. So that was kind of that was kind of nice. But yeah. I wish him the best going forward. Yeah, I wish it, it would have been great had it been able to figure out how to keep him here because I, I think if he's healthy, having him and Charlie Cameron running down the, the grounds next to one another is going to be terrifying for defenses. <laughs> yeah, and 
like Brisbane's medical staff have just been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like you've had like Lincoln McCarthy, Grant Birchall, Luke Hodge, who are up there have had no injury issues. So I'm I'm very much like you. I'm I love Nakai and I'm wishing him all the best up there. And, I, and he also just seems like a great guy. So I just hope he does well. I do too. I do too. I told him I said yeah. I'm still yeah. I'm still a cat supporter, but I'm not going to stop being a, a cockatoo fan. So um, I'd love to bring him on for a chat sometime. But uh, do you? So you don't think that the Cats gave up too much here? You think they, that this deal actually worked out pretty well for them because they got those second-round picks back? The Jeremy Cameron deal? Yes, yeah, the Cameron deal. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, obviously, ideally, you know, it would have been awesome if Giants um, didn't match. But, yes, that, know, would, have, that so would have been many, preferable. That, that would have been perfect. But there was just so many different names sort of floating around in trade discussions as discussed before. You know, they asked like Parfit, Radicalier. So I feel like the fact that, in a draft where we haven't seen a lot of the Victorian kids play, um, it wasn't as important to me. Those like, like pick 20 will end up blowing out to like pick 24 due to the academy selections in the top 15 or so picks. And, um, and the fact that we got those two second round picks back, I, th- I don't think it's too much to give up when you get a quality player like Cameron and gives us just an awesome chance to hopefully win a premiership next year because I think I don't remember which media um, personality said it but we have Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins in the same forward line is one of the most potent forward lines I think I've seen in at least the last decade yeah and I I I talked with another cat supporter and and I and I had I had to qualify it and and say that you know I I'm not equating this person with the the person I'm going to say he could become a smaller version of this or a minor version of this but think about what Richmond has done with Tom Lynch and with Jack Rewalt and it, it's, you know, you have to pick your poison. Who are you going to defend? And while that's going on, who's sweeping through and picking up the mongrel ball on the ground and, and kicking the ball at, uh, you know, at all angles to score? Here comes Dusty, you know, kicking four goals against us in the, in the grand final. I think that on a smaller scale, I think that could be Brian Myers going forward in the next few years. Right. Well, what, what, will, what will the defences do when Danger goes forward? And you've got Cameron, Hawkins, and Danger. Danger could potentially get the third defender. That's true. That's true. It's, it's, this leads to the question, you know, is this, is, is this the most excited that you've been as a cat supporter since they last won the premiership? No, to be honest, the most excited I think I've been as a cat supporter was probably round one, 2019, when we had those four debutants, Tom Atkins, Charlie Constable, Brian Myers, Jordan Clark. That just felt like, and also had Luke Dalhouse and Gary Ryan playing their first games at the club. To me, that just felt like such a, refresh for the club and just bringing in six new names into our round one side but then this would have to be a close second though I guess getting in um getting in such so many talented players and Cameron and then also Smith and Higgins who I'm not completely sold on I'd love your thoughts on getting Sean Higgins in Craig a lot yeah I don't know a whole heck of a lot about him I he's somebody that's got a a ton of experience um I is he somebody that you see slotting back into possibly into Harry Taylor's spot? Sean Higgins. Yeah. Or is he playing up forward? Uh, no, no. He's, um, he would play more of a half forward. Okay. Um, okay. Mid, mid role, maybe play a little bit inside or he's, okay. he's, he's got, he's a very skillful player. Um, I think Harry, in Harry Taylor's position, you'll likely see Mark Woodsarves go into defense or if they are playing against a smaller forward line, the small, chances at Jake Cole Jasney because he's about 193 centimeters he could potentially play on a smaller second tall but then we also have the uh our first round pick from the 
2019 draft, which is another reason why I feel like giving up too many picks wasn't necessarily an issue this year. And the fact that we had two first rounders in last year that were right. yet to be seen. That so that's less of an issue. Yeah, in yeah. Sam, Sam DeConing, who's yeah. uh, a local Mount Martha boy where I grew up. Okay. Yeah, because he's 200. I'm looking at the, the list here. He's And he's only 19, it's, uh, and he's 200 centimeters. And yeah, yeah. You know, only only eight only eighty five kilos it has listed there, so he's he's going to need to fill out a little bit as well. I think so. I think he's bulked up, but he comes okay. from pretty good footballing footballing yeah. His um his old man played a few games for uh, Footscray back in the day, Western okay. Bulldogs, and his old older brother play is the plays at Carlton, Tom DeConing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. I I that's a name that I have have heard in a lot of places that you know people have real high expectations for him coming this year. And, uh, you know, that's going to be, it's going to be nice to see, a, especially you got a 200, 200 centimeter defender. That's a, that's a nice, nice piece to be able to plug back in there. Yeah, you know, and, definitely. Uh, and in a couple of the practice matches against, um, we played a scratch match against Richmond uh, and he managed to kick four goals in his first game forward. So he's played a bit of ruck, a bit of forward, a bit of back. So he's a really versatile player. But I think, by the sounds of a defense is his most natural position. So I don't, I wouldn't expect him to start there, but I feel like he's somebody that, that can definitely, you can expect to see play a couple games next year. Okay. Yeah. He, that's uh, trying to remember who the other name was. There was another name that was it Cooper Stevens was the other one that people have been talking about a lot. I think that's the other yeah. one that people have been saying that could be ready for a breakout this year as well, or finally yeah, get yeah. in on the side. Yeah. First round pick um, by the sounds of it, he was pretty close this year. So I think, he will be another person that will sort of swan. And he's played a little bit of halfback since he's come to the Cats. So we might see him in defence, but he was obviously drafted as an inside mid. He had a broken leg during his draft year. Um, but I think in his bottom age year, so it was under 17 year, he was one of the Geelong Falcons' best players, you know, local talent. I'm very excited to see him in the Blue and White Hoops next year as well. So I've asked the other Cats supporters this, and I'll, I'll ask you this again. Do you think that uh, that they have done enough to get past the Tigers this year, if they get that opportunity? Yeah, well, it's so hard to tell because you know Richmond have what been one of the best side pretty much over the last four years. Right, right. Um, and it, I guess it is. It's a really difficult question because it's we're sitting here in November. You know, we can have all these um, parts that we've just got, but it doesn't mean that they're going to fit. And I guess if you look at history, apart from when Tom Lynch is gone, like how many times has when the best player gone to a, a, an established team that, that hasn't necessarily translated into the premiership? Like as Cats fans, we would know we got danger built in 2015. 2016, we made a prelim final, but we didn't win a premiership. Um, I guess you look back at like Chris Judd at Carlton. Yes, Carlton weren't as strong on the side, but they didn't necessarily go on. I know these are midfielders, but then I guess you've got the more recent example of Tom Lynch going to Richmond, but they were already a premiership team. Right, right. So um, I don't know, because you look at so many teams that have improved during this period. You know, Bulldogs have got Trelaw, um, Brisbane have got Joe Danaher and sorted out some of the, probably their forward issues and got our man Nakai, as we discussed yeah. earlier. So yeah. I think every team has improved. So, Im- Well, well, come on, let's, let, let's be honest. Colling- Collingwood's still in the cup. Did they improve, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, not every... <laughs> Sorry, let me rephrase that. Every, every team that we'd be uh, potentially worried about, I don't reckon we're worried about the Pies anyway, buddy. <laughs> <out. laughs> yeah, they, I, I talked to a Pies supporter this morning, and he was actually 
he was somebody that was actually somebody that liked all of the moves that the team made. So that was, that was a fascinating conversation because he, he laid out what was the, what were the positive aspects of what they had done. And he made a very compelling argument. So I'm, I'm looking forward to other pies supporters hearing what he had to say. I'm very interested in hearing what he had and, to say because I don't see how on any face of the earth that could be the moves that they made were good. It ripped it up from an outsider's perspective. Sounds like it sort of ripped out a bit of the culture of the club. Yeah, so that's, I, that's true. Yeah, I, I that was that was part of the stuff that I was asking him about as well. Is this, you know, is this something that's going to turn off prospective free, free agents? Because if you make a conscious decision to go there. And they turn around, you know, a year later and say, you know, we're going to send you somewhere else because we, yeah, we're, we're in kind of a money crunch. But again, you, you can't really blame them because nobody, nobody could have anticipated COVID having the impact that it did on teams and their, and their revenues and the money that they happen to have on hand. They, it, I, wasn't, it wasn't an issue of revenue. It was an issue of fitting all the players within the salary cap. And the salary cap hasn't actually changed. So COVID didn't have an impact on that. Okay, well then they screwed up. They screwed up royally then. <laughs> yeah, so it's I guess it's different to like um, it's sort of similar in American sports because I think I know in basketball you have some of the like you have like shared revenue so which helps prop up some of the bottom teams. Yeah, then the AFL with Collingwood because they have so many members and such a rich club, so some of their money will go to like the lower like clubs like Bulldogs or North that aren't earning as much. But no, nah, so you, the issue there they had was they couldn't fit all the players within the salary cap. Okay, so it was just it was total um mismanagement and i think it wouldn't just affect for agents it, it affects current players there so just say they have this salary crunch next year and what they've been doing is, is they've been back-ending deals so like troy might would have been on like seven or eight hundred thousand then they've asked them oh could we back-end it so you're on 900 for the last five years of your career and he's done that done the right thing by the club then right. they've turned right. around and said we're paying you too much so then well if they do that to another player while, while the other player like do that when they're ta taking them longer to, for them to get their money that's and a great point. The club will just turn around and just um, say, look, we're paying you too much when it was their fault and their mismanagement. But I think we're getting a bit sidetracked here. Let's get back we to are. the cats. <laughs> we are there, yes. So you know, one of the other questions I've been asking people is, uh, was there somebody that I've, – I've been talking all day at school today. I've got a bit of a sore throat here. Was there somebody that you were hoping the cats would have thought about bringing in? Well, there wasn't somebody that I, I would have liked to have um, brought in, but there's definitely somebody I'd like to keep, and that is Quinton Narkle. Um, he still hasn't been offered a contract from the Cats, and he's somebody that I rate very, very highly. I think he's a great player. You know, I was surprised that he didn't get a run in our team in finals. I was a bit like, if you go back and anybody that has a spare 10 minutes, <laughs> go back and we'll get the scratch match highlights. Like, he, he was a class above everybody else at that level, and I just can't believe, I guess, due to his sizes, he hasn't been offered a contract yet. So he'd definitely be somebody that I'd want to be signing up, giving him a big preseason, and I think he will push definitely push into our best twenty-two. Right, because we yeah you know, we've got you know Higgins Higgins and I, and I now that I'm thinking about it, they, they're basically saying that he's going to slot into Ablett's spot in the lineup. Yeah, uh, or on, in the uh, in the twenty-two. I I knew that, and I'm old, and I forgot that I knew that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not too keen on the Sean Higgins thing. A lot of people point to Stephen Wells as record but I feel like another person over 30 and you look at last year we brought in Josh Jenkins and Jack Stephen who are two people that I definitely wouldn't consider success stories in the trade period no I we didn't give up too much either. for it too much for either of them so I'm looking at Higgins I do expect them to be better than those two but I'm not too fussed about necessarily giving up the um the pick 30 to get him 
My more my bigger issue is taking away game time from our young players, like your Knuckles, your Clarks, um, your Cooper Stevens, just off the top of my head. Even maybe Sam Simpson, who had an awesome final series. Like yeah. they'll be yeah. competing for spots. So that um, oh, the bigger issue, I guess, with that one. But I like Isaac Smith. And I guess seeing Smith go probably go to a wing will, in my opinion, despite the fact he had one of his best seasons, I, I'd ex- expect Sam and Nagola and um, Mitch Duncan maybe play a bit more of an inside role with the um, inclusion of Smith and Higgins, who can both play outside. Well, now one of the things about Menegola is that, that I noticed this year is that, is that he does such a phenomenal job that if, if he's going to put, if he's going to, if he's going to kick the ball, he gets rid of it more quickly than just about anybody I have seen. He's very, he's, he's, he's very, he's very sure of himself. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, how good is it? He's a beautiful shot at goal as well. How about that one in the grand final from 55? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, you know, he, he's somebody that could, you know, become an even greater contributor than he has been in terms of, of scoring. And, you know, and that was somebody, if I'm not mistaken, he was somebody that uh, the GWS was kind of alluding to that, he, that they would maybe like to have coming up there in the camera deal, if I'm not mistaken. Mate, who, who can blame them? Yeah, I think yeah. his name was... I think his name was floated by Lee Montagna. And if you saw the um, the Irving Mosquito, the Essendon players post, they, that, <laughs> Essendon were looking at Menegola too as well as a target. But that yeah. wasn't uh, that wasn't discussed too much. But you can't blame them. But I think Menegola, he's, he's a big body. I expect him to play a little bit more um, inside next year because we have those, um, a few more outside players. And when it will allow Dangerfield to again play a little bit more forward. Yep, I, I'm looking forward to it. But like you said, it is only November, but uh, AFLW will be starting before we know it. And hopefully hopefully they will be able to get in a, a full season. And hopefully if there's any kind of a hiccup as far as the, the scheduling because of anything that happens, hopefully they afford them the same opportunities to complete their season that they gave the AFL this year. Yeah, 100%. That, 100%. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now, I know you've got to get somewhere here in just a couple of minutes, so I'm going to wrap this up. And uh, Lockie, I want to thank you for coming on. Been okay. an absolute pleasure as True, always. Truly appreciate it. It's, it's lots of fun talking to you guys. And like I said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and combine one episode with the three of you into a, into a single episode. And I'm going to try to get that edited out uh, and hopefully out this evening. I've got to do some house cleaning. My son's coming home. He's on. He's in the Navy. Uh, he's coming home for the first time in about 18 months. I haven't seen him in over a year. That's very exciting, so, mate. Bloody I, hell. I, I have to go clean his bedroom because we've been piling we've been piling boxes in his room since he's been gone, and now I have to get the boxes out of his room. So, hey, have a great day at work. Okay, thanks so much. Mike. I appreciate you coming on. I, you know, I'll send you a link to this when it's all done, and I will send you a link to Mr. Smith goes to Washington as well. I can't. I can't wait to watch it. Okay. All right, do, thanks so much for having me, mate. Do, do you want me to send the assignment that I have my kids do for the film? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just finished uni for the year, mate. So, uh, <laughs> okay. I'll be all right. Thanks. <laughs> have, a, have a great Wednesday. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed those uh, chats with Harper and Jackson and Lockie from the Where Do We Begin podcast. Don't forget that if you'd like to sign up for the mailing list for my podcast, it's easy to do. You'll get each episode sent directly to you first and foremost. There's a, there's a link in the show notes, a little short four-question uh, Google form for your email and who you support, that type of thing. And if you've got a question you want to ask me or something you think I should look at in an episode, I'll get you on that list, lickety-split, and get you going there, okay? Now, also, if you'd like to 
possibly be a guest on the uh, podcast to talk about your club's trade period. I'm looking at trying to get another 15 or 20 or so of these interviews done over the next couple of weeks. Uh, feel free to reach out to me at yank underscore on on Twitter or send me a message um, on my Facebook page at Yank on the Footy. Or you can email me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You know, I've spoken to fans of seven clubs or supporters of seven clubs as of right now, but I haven't uh, haven't tracked down anybody yet that's uh, an Eagles supporter, a Giant supporter, anybody. You know, I've got somebody, I believe, lined up for the Tigers, but I'd love to hear from you. You guys are the defending premiers twice over. A Crow supporter, somebody supporting the Suns, the Saints, the Roos, the Hawks, the Demons, and the Bulldogs, as well as the Dockers. So if you're... and, and if you're a supporter of one of the other seven teams that I have already uh, had discussions about, I would still love to talk to you as well because I, I want to hear what your thoughts are about the game, what you think's going on, where you think your club is, maybe how the new uh, rule changes that have just come out uh, today or yesterday are going to impact your club as well. So, like I said, if you're if you're a supporter of any of the clubs and you want to come in and talk about your trade period. Hit me up in one of those spots and then uh, let me know, and I would love to set something up for you. Okay, but keep in mind, though, I have to work around uh, my work schedule as a school teacher, and uh, Melbourne is uh, 16 hours ahead of me, so there's a lot of late night or early morning interviews that we're doing. And also, if you got an idea for another show topic or someone who you think I should uh, bring on to discuss or you have a connection with somebody that you think would be a great guest, please reach out to me. Send me a DM on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget that while you can find all the episodes of this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. And now that we've uh, finished up this episode, I would love it if you consider giving a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. It lets me know what you think of the show, what I'm doing well, what could I do better, what's missing, that type of thing, what's there that uh, maybe surprises you or impresses you. I hope that's the case. You could also, as I said before, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or on Twitter at yank underscore on and Facebook and Instagram at yankonthefooty. I'd be remiss before I wrapped up the episode uh, if I didn't thank uh, Joseph McDade. I'm using a couple pieces of his great music. Uh, he's created some fantastic music. I'm using Backplate and Elevation. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com slash music as well as on Spotify. And I also should mention, you can also find this podcast on my YouTube channel. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels. And uh, I invite you to, like I said, to sign up for the mailing list. And you'll get that podcast episode before anybody else does. I hit publish, and the first thing I do after that is I go in and I pull that link out. And I send that link for the new episode off to the people who are, uh, who are signed up. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. Because while many of us are, are fans of our teams, deep down we're fans of the game that we all love. That's the game of footy. Sounds like there is some fantastic news on the COVID front in Australia. Things are looking up. Things are looking very positive in Victoria. South Australia, I know there's been a little bit of a bump there, a little bit of a hiccup. I hope that everything works out. Everything, I hope you get everything under control. We're still uh, figuring things out here in the United States. Uh, the vaccine sounds like it's on the way. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, here in the state of Ohio, our governor just issued a curfew. Now, this is interesting, and I'm not sure what I think about this curfew, although I think it was kind of a, but, well, okay, I know what I think. It was kind of dumb. He's decided that uh, retail 
establishments, so bars, restaurants, stores, things of that nature, will have to be closed between the hours of 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. That's going to solve the COVID crisis here in the state of Ohio. Um, No, it's not. Because what it's going to do is it's going to have the unintended consequence of sending those people who would normally be going to a grocery store to do their shopping at 11 o'clock at night or getting up early to go to a gym or whatever the case may be. They might work a shift that would require them going to a store when it's not very crowded and there's a lower risk of being around somebody with COVID. And now they're going to be compelled to go to that retail establishment when there's a larger number of people there. I think the foresight put forth by the governor of my state right now was not real good. Not terribly impressed with this decision that he made. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's enough politics. I, I, this is not a political um, podcast. That's not what I'm trying to do here at all. Thank you so very much for listening. I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Keep on the lookout for subsequent episodes in this series. I have, like I said, six more interviews done right now that I'm going to be working at plugging in, and I'm going to probably drop those here in fairly rapid succession. So you'll probably see another one in a couple of days and another one a couple of days after that. Um, so again, thank you so very much. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 59 of A Yank on the Footy, my discussion with Harper, Lockie, and Jackson of the Where Do We Begin podcast. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Send them a link. Hold the tab down, hit that copy button, send it off to your friends. They'll thank you for it. And if they won't thank you for it, I can assure you, I'll thank you for it. In fact, I'll do it right now. Thanks a bunch. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.